When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1049. Can sugar be good for you? The First Diet Book Review, part two, by J.C. Dean of jcdfitness.com. And I'm Dr. Neil, your very own personal narrator. Hey there, welcome to a Thursday edition of Optimal Health Daily. This is one of five podcasts where we read to you from blogs for free so that you don't have to read them yourself, except on Fridays. That's where I usually answer your questions. Now, today's post is a continuation from yesterday, so I'd recommend listening to yesterday's episode first if you haven't already. That's episode 1048. But if you're all caught up, let's jump right in and get to part two as we optimize your life. Can sugar be good for you? The First Diet Book Review, Part 2, by J.C. Dean of jcdfitness.com. Glycine, the hard-to-get amino acid. If you're only eating the beef steaks and chicken breasts, you're missing out on glycine. And while you're missing out on this amino acid, you're also getting a lot of tryptophan and cysteine. Now, there's nothing inherently wrong with those amino acids, or any of them in particular, but nutrition is about balance. Anything in excess can be harmful. It's sort of like the macro view of the diet. If you're stuffing yourself full of fat and little to no carbs or protein, then you're missing out on the benefits of the missing nutrients. Same if you were to eat a diet high in protein and nothing else. You'll be missing out on glycogen replenishment and some essential vitamins that require fat for transport. Glycine is important for liver health, but in order to get plenty of it, you will have to eat the connective tissues of the animal, like its skin and tendons. If you eat bone broth, which contains gelatin, then you're getting the glycine to balance out the other amino acids. Glycine also balances out excessive amounts of tryptophan and cysteine found in muscle meats. Why does this matter? Because in high amounts, it seems that tryptophan and cysteine can inhibit thyroid function. So instead of loading up on only muscle meats, balancing it out with gelatinous cuts of meat that are low in tryptophan and high in glycine can be helpful in striking such a balance. This is why some people in alternative health circles will encourage you to consume some gelatin along with muscle meats. It's even been noted that reducing tryptophan and cysteine intake could have life extension properties greater than calorie restriction alone. Don't shoot me, I'm just the messenger. Nutrition is not everything. One of my favorite aspects of this book is when it's mentioned that nutrition is not always the answer. Sure, eating better is essential to good health, longevity, and being able to build your physique. But there are other factors. I've tried a bunch of different dietary ideas. I've tried low-carb, paleo-ish, the zone-style eating, intermittent fasting, and even alternate-day fasting. 
I've gone on long tears of the if it fits your macro stint where I'd aim to eat as much sugary cereal daily as possible and I've completely abstained from it. There have been times when a majority of my carb intake came mostly from fruit and fruit juice. Most of all, I've realized that eating well is only a part of the process. It's just a piece of the puzzle. And while it's very important, it's not always gonna make everything better. In his book, Sean makes a great statement with huge impact. Quote, and if eating makes you happy, it's not the nutrients in the food that will make you feel that way, at least not in the moment. It's the great tasting food that makes you feel happy when you eat. I've never heard someone say, this hamburger tastes so great because it has 20 grams of fat, 30 grams of protein, and 40 grams of carbohydrates in it. No, the burger tastes great because the burger tastes great and someone put a lot of time and thought into making an incredible burger, end quote. Food is not only fuel for our bodies. It's social, it's cultural, it's how we celebrate, it's how we deal with sadness. In my most depressed moments, I may write on these eventually, food can offer a comfort that nothing else can. When I think back to my childhood, some of my happiest moments were shared around some very low quality food. I can recall all the late nights after football games where we'd buy 20 boxes of pizza and stuff ourselves silly, hanging out early into the morning, reminiscing all the tackles we made and passes we caught. Some of my fondest memories were spent sharing a bowl of Velveeta Rotel cheese dip and stale tortilla chips with my family growing up. If you're into podcasts, Danny Roddy and Karen McSee did a fantastic show about going beyond nutrition. There's a lot more to health and happiness than just eating the perfect diet. Many times, when something is going wrong in our lives, we try to control them. And if we can't control them, we aim to control something, anything. But sadly for many, the only control they have is over their diet and training. So, in an attempt to make things right in their lives, they turn to training and nutrition to fill a void or fix something. But even then, the best diet and exercise program fall short. It's why the best diet won't always fix your health problems or why the best training program won't make you into the beast you aspire to become. Dietary Limitations. To end this, Sean covers something I think deserves a lot of attention. And that's the topic of atrophy. Our bodies were designed to move. Everything we do has a consequence. So while a healthy dietary protocol is key to good health, movement is also important. Stretching yourself and pushing yourself to move more, lift more, run further, reach new heights is just as important, maybe even more important than the dietary aspect. I've had the chance to learn under Amir Siddiqui's guidance. And throughout that time chatting with him, one thing I learned deeply was that our movement is responsible for the adaptations and food combines with the training to help those changes take place. But it's our minds that make any of this possible in the first place. You just listened to part two of the post titled, Can Sugar Be Good For You? The First Diet Book Review by J.C. Dean of jcdfitness.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster 
and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. Going back to JC's discussion of glycine, I recently answered a question from a listener about this very topic. It was episode 1015 to be exact, but I'll restate part of my response here within the context of JC's post. If you're not a huge fan of eating animal tendons and ligaments, you may not need to overly concern yourself about getting enough glycine in your diet. That's because glycine is a non-essential protein, meaning if we don't consume it or supplement with it, we're still covered because the body will make glycine on its own. Again, this happens just so long as we are still consuming enough total protein each day. For most of us, five to six ounces of protein each day is enough, and that should help the body create enough glycine. Now, I know it's difficult for us to imagine five to six ounces, particularly those of us in the States. So here's an example. Imagine you're holding a piece of cooked tofu in the palm of your hand. That would be about three ounces. So if you had two portions of that size each day, you've got enough protein and therefore would have enough protein in your diet to make enough glycine. And I do agree that having enough glycine in the body, making sure that our bodies make enough glycine, is important for our overall health and wellness. All right, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a subscriber of the show. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you here tomorrow for the Friday Q&A and where your optimal life awaits.